Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dale Shores. I'm Emerson Collins, and you're watching The Dale and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Uh, hi, Dale Shores. Hello, Emerson Collins. How are you? Oh, so good. On today's show, we're going to do that QAnon queen, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the million moms that are mad at eHarmony, the Lincoln Project, Anderson QAnon, the dildo on display, Kathy Griffin, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty details of that meth murder incest marriage story. Woo, that story. Lots of fun things. Yes. How's your Tuesday? My Tuesday is pretty damn good I, uh, I i i like i like it not raining emerson i like the sun out it makes me happier uh -huh. i rescued a dog i returned a dog to its owner today that got out a little pug and um and you know that it's the little things it, I, was, it, I, I was late for our writing session because i rescued a pug it, you know it's look you being neighborly giving from your heart and your spirit took your community from a safe distance well, you know, I'm obsessed with my dogs and, you know, your dog, who's my dog, Gracie, does escape every now and then. And it's nice when she comes back. Yeah. So, how are you? You good? Fine enough. I'm fine enough. I'm, we're going to call it that. Mm -hmm. You know, no real complaints. Not sitting too hard on the edge. Didn't do as much this afternoon as I could have, should have, or would have, as Shirley Ralph said in Sister Act 2. Um, As but, Samantha said in season four of, of Sex in the City just last yeah. night on my TV. <laughs> but exciting things. Uh, Mayor Pete is now officially a secretary, and I believe the Internet has decided that the official use of his multiple names is Secretary Mayor Pete. You know, Mayor Pete is his name. Secretary is the title. It goes on the front. Well, he's going to carry that mayor for a long time because we like we like to say Mayor Pete. And also my favorite part of it is, you know, the title, the the negotiation of his first status is the first Senate confirmed cabinet member because they're trying to get around having to acknowledge that Richard Grinnell was technically the first LGBTQ uh, cabinet level position holder. Have to be. Nobody have to, had to vote on his bigoted ass. Nobody. <laughs> But even that, he had to be confirmed by the Senate for his ambassadorship. But the best part of all of it is he is so irritated at all of the internet, just like him and his weird fans upset at anybody who calls Mayor Pete's Secretary Mayor Pete the first. And I just enjoy that it's upsetting him so much today, given how much time he spends trolling on the internet. No, I would not know. He's blocked me on Twitter. We're not friends anymore. Oh, you know, a swan. I swear we really are going to have to be. He, he was at the mayor of Palm Springs yesterday. He's at Gavin Newsom all the time. This man is going to run for something in California. It's the only reason I keep talking about him. I have a question. Okay, I'm going to create a scenario. You and I, we're walking down uh, Palm Canyon Boulevard, just the two of us. We, you know, we're hanging out. The pandemic's over. And Richard Grinnell is coming right towards us. What would you do, Emerson? Nothing. You would just walk on? Yes. It is a waste of my time and my energy to have a confrontation with him in front of nobody. It's not going to change his mind. He doesn't believe in anything. He's a professional troll. It might make me feel good to yell at him, but it would not do anything or change anything. And if there's not an audience, what is the point? You know what I do? I what? would do, uh, okay, I would do the Lorraine Shores turn around church look like this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. just walk on by. Uh-huh. We knew we were in trouble when we got that look. 
That that is absolutely correct. It's also Groundhog Day today. That Groundhog, Puxatani, Paul, Phil, Pete, Phil, uh, saw his shadow six more weeks of winter like we know the difference. It's like it's been Groundhog Day for a year. I don't care. It don't I've matter. Never, I've never, ever celebrated Groundhog Day. I watched that movie, but I, I never celebrated it. I've never even seen the film. Oh, yeah. You know what, you know what I didn't realize? I didn't realize how big the groundhog was. This has been happening every year my entire life, and I always see the headline and whatever. That made a hold of that groundhog. It is huge. Is it the same one every year till he dies? I want to know. It's, there's multiple. Um, you know, because I don't know that they can like stake out. Does anybody, is anybody here from Puxatawney that it knows? It happens in that one city, that one uh -huh. Yeah, that one, but like, are they stalking this poor groundhog's den all year long to make sure he's there? I mean, or do they just take one from the zoo, stuff it down a hole and see what happens? There have there been multiples. I want to know if it's a family thing, if it's like it's passed on, you know, like royalty, like the queen, you know, uh, groundhog royalty. Uh, yes. Puxatawney is both the place and the title. So, you know, it's like if he were Pete, you know, Puxatawney Secretary Mayor Pete. There the you title. go. Well, uh, and then it's also the beginning of Black History Month. Uh, so that started yesterday, which I was thinking about must be interesting for black LGBTQ people, right? Black History Month in February, Pride Month in June. And it's just when corporations and big organizations do the most to do the least for representation. It's got to be a little exhausting. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. I'm glad we have. I'm, I do. I am glad we have it. And don't we have those? Don't we have those? Um, the, the, remember we, when we were kids, we had two presidents' day. But don't we have like just one now that's coming up? I mean, yeah, they combined. They combined the. It's one president's day. They was like they were like you know Lincoln and Washington. You're not. You're you're just not important enough to have your own day. Let's just let's let's bring them together. I mean, is there anybody else in February? Is there anybody else? That's um, it. Wrap them all up. And also, I was actually, you know, and truly focusing this month for me personally on Black LGBTQ people. I read this fascinating story about this bisexual woman uh, in the UK that ran a uh, speakeasy of sorts, an unofficial bar in her basement uh, in the late 70s. You know, it's really interesting because there is a lot of, we only know what we learn in class in our history books or what we absorb through the communities we're a part of. So there are so many stories we don't know and focusing on those is great. There you go. Well, all right. All right. Well, hey, everybody. It looks like lots of the regulars are here. What we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. And we are going to go ahead uh, and kick it off today. You know, I try not to give these people air, but she is an elected official. So QAnon queen Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, if y'all been paying attention, even today, there's lots of movement. Apparently, uh, GOP leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is meeting with her this afternoon after the Democrats in the House uh, are calling for her committee assignments to be stripped. She does not seem to be planning uh, to walk back some of her most extreme statements, though she did finally admit that Parkland and Newton, uh, those shootings actually happened and weren't fake. But at one point she claimed the California wildfires were started by Jewish space lasers. So um, that's a bit I mean, like, what is that Jewish space laser? Like, how do you get, I, I don't understand how you even get to that. You know, it's like, oh, of course, like, man, did you fall asleep watching uh, the Cartoon Network at 2 a.m. high and just think that you're some kind of dream of one of those little shows was a reality? 
I'd say bless her heart, but she's not even worth that. I'm telling you, Emerson, I really believe that she needs to spend more time uh, focusing on getting her hair right. She looks like an old stripper. She needs low lights and highlights and, uh, and, and, and a hot oil treatment. Correct. Xana said, do you think she really believes it? Here's the scary thing. I really do think she does. I think she's not all that bright. I think she's one of those people that got sucked in by Facebook memes and YouTube rabbit holes. You look at all of that, those comments she was making, they found ones about Lindsey Graham, the talking about liking and responding to it, saying that Nancy Pelosi should be killed. I do think she's in the category of fanatic that is a true believer, not in the Matt Gates, the, you know, those people that are taking advantage of it uh, to build a base. Yeah, I think, she's crazy. I think she's crazy. And I think that's what's dangerous about the support that we're seeing from her, uh, for her. Uh, and, you know, as you know, that she is they're going to have a talking to with her. Literally like this evening. Right but now. At the same time, she's co-sponsoring a bill to ban flying what she calls hate American flags, including pride flags at U.S. embassies. Unofficially called the Old Glory Only Act, it would prohibit the display of anything but the American flag at embassies. This South Carolina representative, Jeff Duncan, is the primary sponsor, and he's introduced this bill multiple times and it never goes anywhere. But in the middle of her conspiracy land, she has time to put out a press release saying, President Biden's State Department has already raised a flag over our embassies that doesn't represent the vast majority of Americans. Yeah, bitch, that's the point. We're only like five to seven percent of the population. That's the reason it's been marginalized. In the past, rogue members of the State Department flew the flag of the radical Marxist group, Black Lives Matter. The domestic terrorists represented by that flag, you know, black people, have burned down our cities with the mission of defunding our police. We should not be flying a flag of a group who wants to erase our history and bring mass destruction to our country through communism. I mean, it's just a YouTube conspiracy theory video word salad. It's just disgusting. And here, you know, I was thinking about that today, you know, when she took back that, oh, the Parkland actually existed. And I don't know if she has with uh, with uh, the, the, uh, the some of the other ones. But just the shootings. Just the shoot but 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 all of that was just a reason was just say, I want to keep my guns. That's all it was. That's yeah. that's the reason they went there. Oh, it didn't happen because I want to keep my guns. It's so yeah. fucking disgusting. Yep. And as Rob says, she already put up a bill to impeach President Biden. It hasn't gone anywhere, but I don't think that's going to pass. I just don't think she has a lot of leverage there. Even Mitch McConnell went after her, you know. Well, it was very interesting to see what's happening in the Republican Party, right? Because clearly Mitch on the Senate side has said that he can distance from her and leave it Kevin McCarthy's problem in the House because Mitch said it. And then a number of Republican senators got on board with the like, basically, we don't need the bonkers people. Uh, with us. And so it leaves it all in Kevin McCarthy's hands to deal with his errant members of the House. Uh, Mitch desperately wants control back of where the Republican Party is headed. Well, you know, but he didn't say her name. That's what was the interesting thing, did not mention her name. So anyway, well, onward, let's continue with some more bigotry news uh, from South Carolina. We've uh, got uh, State Senator Richard Cash argued recently that a proposed bill to ban abortion as soon as a fetus heartbeat can be detected didn't go far enough. He said it was uh, the continuation of the flat out rebellion against God's moral law. Now, he went on to, to say that, you know, trashing marriage equality and trans people, uh, 
Uh, and and here, here's this quote. He goes, the Supreme Court came along and said, no, no, no. Anybody can get married. Two men, two women. We're going to throw away everything we know about marriage and human history. We're going to throw out all the state laws that might regulate or govern this ancient institution. You know what? We don't think about that anymore. It's always on the next thing in this downward spiral. Now we're talking about transgenderism. And it's frankly so scary. It's hard for me to wrap my head around it that someone can wake up one day in a man's body and say, I think this is all messed up. I think I'm a woman or vice versa. Now we have a president that wants to say if the boy she says she's a girl, then he, he, she should be allowed to compete, maybe even use the bathrooms and showers because you cannot deny these transgender persons their basic rights. Whew. And then, and, and then, oh, he said one other thing. He said this all started in the 1960s, which means that he was like pointing to the civil rights movement. So there yeah. was a little bit, he, you know, wasn't enough to go uh, uh, anti-LGBTQ. He had to throw in a little racism that was very, very concealed just with the date. That's, I mean, that was my interpretation. Absolutely. So, but South Carolina LGBTQ organizations quickly condemned as homophobic and transphobic spewing as dangerous. Well, of course they did. But, you know, it's a, here he is on the, the, the floor, literally on the floor spewing these, the, the, the Senate floor of South Carolina spewing this bullshit. Yeah. And, he, you know, and he even went so far as to say that abortion shouldn't be allowed for women who have been raped or incest. And one of his Republican female colleagues had to get up and like pull him back. It's that blade. Literally, it's just a man whining a speech of make America great again. And when America was great to him was in the 1950s when white men ruled the world. Little women stayed at home barefoot in the kitchen and black people, people of color, LGBTQ people. Just nobody knew them. They just weren't around. And we could walk down with the wind and feel sorry for the South. <laughs> I mean, I mean, most of that was Scarlett's fault. You know, I mean, she's hungry. She brought that on herself. Uh, it's it's it is sad though. I mean, we joke and we we go to you know. I, I read in this ridiculous. Uh, but if you if you if you want to go and, and see the tape, I, I studied it this morning. It, I wasn't too far off. That's the way he was speaking on that at, on that floor. Just a six minute rant at the grasping for old power. Um, and back to that, but in targeting and hammering on trans people like literally the conversation was not ab about abortion which is about all women but like then using that as an opportunity to slam trans people once again in a state legislature like we've been talking about and bring up the 60s well of course in the 60s and speaking of the 60s so this next story uh i want to introduce you right here uh here on your right is Dominic Broaddus Jr. He was a black man who was shot and killed in Florida in 2018. On the left, Gardner Kent Frazier, the white man who shot him in his front yard, claims he did so in self-defense. Now, the reason I want to talk about this, here is a LGBTQ black man, and what this white man did demonstrates how much racism impacts how LGBTQ people are treated, because Frazier called 911 after he shot Broadus, and when asked if he knew Frazier, said, uh, I believe I do. 
More backstory. Frazier is the son of a former Baker County deputy. So the investigation was turned over to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. They believe that before he called 911, Frazier called a cousin. The cousin said to call his dad, the former deputy, who then said to call 911. They also believe Brodus had a cell phone that has never been recovered. And the assistant state attorney believes that Frazier got rid of the cell phone. Why? Because on Frazier's cell phone, they found deleted text messages uh, that they recovered 35 texts and 115 phone calls between these two men, many of them sexual in nature. So you following? This white man shot this black man in his front yard, threw away the, likely threw away the black man's cell phone, then called his father, a former deputy, to ask him what to do. Frazier says he shot Broadus in self-defense, but Dominic Broadus Sr. said in court, in order for the defendant to hide his feminine bisexual nature, he executed my son and my grandfather's, my grandson's father. He fatally shot my son in the back of the head twice. I don't know that you're standing your ground shooting someone in the back of the head. Yeah. yeah. Any evidence of their relationship by deleting all text from his phone and destroying hiding my son's phone, then calling three people before reporting the shooting to the proper authorities. Because the cell phone was gone, Frazier was only charged with tampering with evidence and sentenced to one year in jail. An additional bonus, Frazier's family also has deep ties to the Ku Klux Klan. That's just horrifying. One year and two bullets in the back of someone's head. So like, the, so the reality of this man's rap, right? he is secretly gay or bisexual in a family that are members of the KKK, something happens between him and the man he is clearly having sexual relationship with. He shoots the man twice in the back of the head, steals his cell phone likely to hide the evidence and then calls his father to make sure he does the right thing, likely, allegedly to get himself off the hook. That is, that is the experience of this black man who is now dead in Florida. Yeah, well, shame on all of the ones involved in the cover-up and uh, everybody on that jury. It, it, it's just, it's just. Well, no, the jury can't do anything. The, that's what they, that's all they charged. They, they get oh, all oh I see, I see. Because Florida has stand your ground, which means on your property, you know, you're supposed right. to be treated in some capacity, but that is the danger of stand your ground laws. Basically, any, you can do it and there's no complaint, even though he shot the man in the back of his head. Stand your ground, but he still got a year. So there was but some only for tampering with evidence. That's the only charge they charged. Wow. Well, I hope that somebody in prison just says something nasty to him. And I say, same. I'm thinking something else. I just can't say it on the air. All right. Well, let's talk about the 1 million moms who were really 103,281 today. I love that you check every time. It makes my heart Every happy. time. They're not going up, Emerson. They're not good. They were 105 last time we had a story about the 1 million moms. So they're back at it. Y'all, they're mad. Oh, they're mad about eHarmony because they're featuring lesbians in their new ad campaign. The campaign is called Here for Real Love and it launched in December. Uh, one million moms rage. This eHarmony ad brainwashes children 
and adults by desensitizing them and convincing them that homosexuality is natural when in reality it is unnatural law love that is forbidden by scripture just like love rooted in adultery is forbidden homosexuality is unnatural and immoral you know it's a little redundant what their statement is and then they cite the great scripture romans 1 26 through 27 and it makes it very clear uh, so they, they, therefore 1 million moms will continue. Well, actually 103,281 will continue to stand up for biblical truth. Now, the irony of this campaign is that eHarmony just a few years ago, I don't know if y'all remember this. They got in a lot of trouble with the LGBT community because they were heteros only because they said we're Christian. So it's a little interesting that they have gone to the place of making uh, openly gay, lesbian, uh, you know, kissing ad. And uh, the, the moms are mad. Ooh, they're mad. But, um, you know, I just want to say one thing. I'm going to quote Sissy Hickey in a very sordid wedding when they said, you know, it, when citing that scripture in Romans, I said, that was Paul. Jesus said nothing. And Latrell goes, nothing. <laughs> it is it is really funny you know what i'm just lesbians eating ice cream and you know lord they got a lot of free time on their hands um well the food was good that one couldn't cook she couldn't cook so I that, know, but that, that, that's right that's why you go on eHarmony to find a complimentary person you can't cook you say that one of your high priorities is somebody that does well in the kitchen and, and also Someone who's honest and says no i'm not going to pretend that this is good uh creole i uh, it, Etouffee, it's not. Uh, it, it's not good. <laughs> the, I, what, I just enjoy, uh, way back when, when I was, I used to love filling out dating profiles more than I liked actually having to like match with people. When I was on OkCupid, I must have answered 2,000 questions because I just thought the questions were fun. And way back before eHarmony was open to LGBTQ people, I did a profile. I didn't like publish it, but just because I wanted to see what the questions were. Oh, as a, a hetero guy? As a well, hetero. Yeah, it's like if I was looking for a woman. Did it have anything about anal sex in the hetero? It not, strangely enough. Do I, don't, I must not have gotten to the Sodom and Gomorrah section of the question. Well, I'm still on OkCupid, okay but I, every now and then I get a notification. Someone likes you. and um, But the, the thing about it, you go to those. Here's, here's my problem with OkCupid, okay and it's all about those questions, too, is you know I'm very competitive. So when I see that they've answered 16 more than I have, that there's 16 that I have not answered, I start answering those questions and, and then see what they, how much the percentage stays there or goes down. I, that's oh, what I Oh, it went up. Oh, it went down. Um, and then and you're wondering, what did I answer wrong? Yes. Becca said it's because they're not matching well on their site, not getting any themselves. And a bitch, the bitch and the gays are getting some. I mean, honestly, you know, I don't feel like there was a big run on LGBTQ people running to eHarmony once that lawsuit happened back. Well, in you know what? I mean, eHarmony, I just I, I'm all about here. It, it, I'm all for progress. I'm all for, you know, I am. And, and we, I, I said it many, many times about Biden and about Obama and about Hillary when, you know, when they changed their stance on gay marriage. But when you were really bigots, and you just had to change because you you were forced to by a lawsuit. I, I'm not I'm not too fond of those companies. I, I'm not going to give them my fourteen ninety five a month to see. That's, that's too much. Matchmaker, matchmaker, find me a match. 
make me a match for less than that. Jared said, I'm guessing they didn't ask cut or uncut. Oh, 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 oh. when does that come up? I think that may come up on OkCupid okay though. It gets yeah. very graphic. I mean, yeah. what sexual position are you? And yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, all right. Now, if you want to uh, know more about me, go to OkCupid. This next story uh, is rather serious. This is John Weaver, one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Project, which you are likely familiar with from their work as Republicans to counter the effort uh, to reelect Donald Trump. Um, but several weeks ago, the American conservative and forensic news published a story about him sending inappropriate sexually explicit messages to several young men abusing his power with young men who wanted to work in politics. Well, at the time, Weaver released an apology for what he for making men uncomfortable in interactions he thought were consensual. He also came out at the same time. He is married and has kids. Well, now, recent just the other day, the New York Times released a story saying 21 men have accused Weaver of sexually harassing them. One 19-year-old said Weaver started messaging him when he was 14 later asking him at 17 if he was still in high school, and then when he turned 18, saying, I want to come to Vegas, take you to dinner and drinks and spoil you, resend me your stats, or I can guess if that's easier or more fun. So Weaver sent blatant requests for sex to at least 10 of the men. Two men were offered jobs with the Lincoln Project in exchange for photos or sexting. Only one of those who came forward said it led to a consensual physical encounter. The Lincoln Project's other co-founders say they were unaware of his horrendous behavior and put out a statement condemning him. He hasn't been with them since last summer when he went on a sick leave and he will not be returning. But Rick Weaver, you may never have heard of him, but he worked with George H.W. Bush, John McCain, Rick Perry, John Huntsman, and John Kasich on state and national level campaigns. He's incredibly influential in the conservative party. Um, so this was a really, wow. really big deal. Um, and an example of somebody um, making overt sexual advances that it, at the very least made people uncomfortable, certainly made people who thought he was engaging with him because they want to work in politics and he's in politics uncomfortable uh, to the point of harassment and engaging with somebody underage uh, in some capacity um, over a long, long period of time. Well, I'm glad I'm forward. I mean, you know, it's like, um, it's 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 not it's not something that that sits well with people who keep those secrets. Those when they're groomed like that. I mean, we saw it with uh, this week a big story with um, what's her name, Rachel Evans Woods, uh, with Marilyn Ma uh, Manson, which you know exposing him like that. But it was for it was for that person. I mean, I feel bad for the boys. That's I, I feel like that you know they have to. There's so much shame there. And, you know, even if you're complicit, even you're 14 years old and there's, you know, you're just discovering your sexuality. It's so it's just I've been using this word a lot today, but it's just disgusting when people prey on youth when they're. Well, so and, it, and it seems like this is in several categories. You know, it's also when the first round of stories happened, Donald Trump Jr. jumped on it as a big sign of hypocrisy, really putting the story out. Some people discounted it in the first day or so because of that. And it was a conservative, I believe, gay man who first started really talking about it. Um, but a number of the young men who have talked about it are liberal. They are people who wanted to work in liberal politics or are liberal in general who said, you know, I don't want to have to be talking about this. And it's a range from like maybe uncomfortable to try to trade favors 
to definitively uh, inappropriate. Um, and from a man who also clearly the closet, it likely damaged him as well uh, and skewed where and when and what kind of people he pursued and for what reason. There's, mm -hmm. uh, but yes, to these men who, who came forward, all of the applause and also the frustration on their behalf that they need to, that they need to say something. Many of them, you know, 19 to 25, it's a, it's a rather young group of men who have no desire for this to be the thing they're known for on the internet as they begin careers, whether they're in politics or not. Um, it's no, no victim wants this to be the reason people know their name. Remind me that you said had the junior at the end of his name. I'm, it's like a, a, a vague memory. They're, not familiar. Um, I'm doing very well with my not trolling all those people, Emerson. Doing yeah. very well. I'm, well, and as Duke says, when a man in power does that to you, that shit stays with you your whole life, you know? Yes. And that is a big part of like, you know, the different, you know, sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual harassment, like there's different aspects uh, to different things, but the awareness of somebody who has power uh, over another individual and the way in which uh, overtures are perceived and the way that power imbalance impacts it is such an important part of the nuance part of that conversation. And if you're Greg Burgess, you turn it into art and write a play about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we've reached the halfway point of our show. We've got some silly nonsense coming, don't worry, and try to keep the pace and the story intensity varied. If you enjoy what we do here, thank you. We appreciate you showing up. If you show up and you're sitting on a pile of money you don't know what to do with, you can send us a dollar, five, 10, 50, 5,000, whatever it is in your heart to give us as a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. No expectation, we just appreciate your attendance. Uh, but if you want to contribute to us making the show, we are grateful for that. We are very thankful when you do. And um, we, we will, but we will, we won't stop. We won't stop if you don't. And we That's understand right. if you can't. And the best thing you can do is just show up and be with us and be in our little uh, sandbox, our little. That's right. We do it. Box. Um, all right. Well, onward. And you, you were saying, you know, the nonsense and, and this, this is truly uh, uh, one of those, uh, but it is also horrific. Um, I don't know yeah. if y'all read this, but the headline, the headline, this is the headline. Woman strangled sister's boyfriend after injecting him with meth, dash. Then her sister married their dad. Their dad, I said I dad. Mean, like just the headline alone. Um, yes. So Anna Marie uh, Harry, I guess, I don't know how to say her name, told the sordid story in court. About two weeks before Valentine's Day, her sister, Amanda McClure, and her boyfriend, John McGuire, were coming off meth pretty bad, pretty hard. It's coming off meth. And they decided to brew, brew a new batch, as you do, with ingredients that the girl's father, Larry McClure Sr., helped them buy. So it didn't cook up right. But Amanda kept the liquid in a jar. I don't know if she thought, well, maybe it, it's bad now, but it'll turn good. You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if meth ferments like wine, but maybe she thought. Maybe she said, uh, you know, that's a lot of Sudafed we used. I just hate to waste it. Then on uh, Valentine's Day, after a dinner of steak, potatoes, I love the detail, and a bottle of wine, they convinced McGuire to play a trust game where they tied up his feet. 
As he reached down to untie them, Amanda bashed him in the head with the wine bottle. Then Anna says her father told her if she knew what was best for her children and wanted them to live, she would do what was said. So Larry and Amanda, y'all follow this? Larry and Amanda accused McGuire of being a federal informant. While he was hogtied on the bed, they threatened to inject him with a truth serum. Amanda gave Anna two syringes full of the bad batch of meth and said since she had nursing experience that she had to inject him in the uh, carotid. Is that the way you said carotid? Carotid. Carotid artery. She did. And then they told her she had to finish it and strangle him. So she strangled him with a trash bag. And uh, as soon as he was buried, Larry and Amanda, father and daughter, they started having a relationship, y'all. Then they drove to Virginia to get married, which th th there's never anything in this story that says, because it's legal for father and daughter to get married in Virginia. I don't know why they went to Virginia, but they went there and made Anna go with them as a witness. So on the wedding Hold night- on. Hold on, pause, pause for a second. I feel like- Here's a visual, y'all. So this is the father, Larry. This is the his daughter wife, Amanda. This is Anna, the daughter they may do the strangling. And this is her boyfriend that's dead. The dead, the dead, dead, Larry. So, I mean, not Larry, Larry's the father. I'm getting mixed up myself. So as, as soon as he was buried, Larry and Amanda, oh, I already said that. So on the wedding night, McGuire's body was dug up. They dug him up. They dismembered him. They <laughs> Then they reburied him in two different places because Larry wanted to landscape the property for sale. So oh, now, question. Uh, what do you think he was going to landscape? I don't know. The back of their trailer? Was he going to put in begonias? I have not needed that body out of the way. Sorry, go ahead. I as I as I have written before, there are so many details I would like to I would love to know more about this. I have to fill in some blanks. So um so Larry, now who is a registered sex offender, he confessed his role in uh, uh, the murder in a letter saying, and this is where he will win you over. He said, I just want it over. No trial, no taxpayers' money spent for my trial. The body was found on the, you know, parts of the body here and there on the family property in shallow graves after Larry McClure Sr. told uh, the police where to find it while he was questioned for another offense. Oh, it's complicated. Amanda McClure got, got 40 years. Larry McClure got life, no possibility of parole, both convicted. And Anna Marie uh, Chaudhary pled guilty to second degree murder. And when asked by the judge if she knew what she was doing was wrong, she said, yes, your honor. But look at my other options. I didn't feel I had a choice. Uh, they have not sentenced her yet. I went to, and tried to find out her. she's up for sentencing and she's also up for 40 years. And, and both of them were up for 10 to 40 years. And uh, um, Amanda got 40. So I'm kind of thinking that Anna, Anna's going to get 40, y'all. I think she's going to get less. She's the accessory. You know, I think that's going to be, I think she won't get as much. But anyway, the story being the important part, I mean, the like, the journey of this piece, you know, obviously certainly tragic for this uh, man who lost his life. I'm truly, truly not laughing at that. 
but like the bonkers nature of like bad meth, this trust game, you have to do it. They got the body. I didn't even include so we could keep the story shorter. The part where she, Amanda made Anna dig the body up and she was convinced he was still alive because his, she thought his hair was growing in the ground. Oh, it does grow. It still can grow. Um, I've Wait, read about that. Your hair keeps growing after you die? It grows a little bit after you're dead. Yeah, How they much? Have like, do you come out looking like Fabio if you just let no, no, but it is. Yeah, no, somebody Google it right now. I'm pretty positive. I, I'm saying the truth about that. So she's right. But here's the, here's here's where I disagree with you, Emerson. She should get 40 years. She shot him with those syringes because she had nurse practitioner uh, experience. After her, her father threatened her She strangled him with a trash bag. After her father threatened her children, I believe that they will probably take some of that into account if she was pressured. I don't think she's going to get those kids ever. Her father threatened his own grandchildren. I mean, like the, you know, I, I really wish they'd been smiling because I don't feel like there was a full set of teeth between the three of them, if I was guessing. Oof. That's a horrible story. That's, a, I'm telling you, that is a dateline waiting to happen. Um, uh, yes, we know hair and nails both grow. What I want to know is how much. Like if I go into, if I get, if I die with a buzz cut, can I end up looking like Aurora the Sleeping Beauty? I don't know. That's I do not know the answer to that question, Emerson. Because of what I wanted, what I'm really asking is, is it enough that she could have seen it? Is the point, you know? Oh, where she goes, oh, his hair oh. is over his ears. I just, because I, you know he didn't go to a barber. She probably cut it for him. Uh, yes. Or he uh, had a phobie. Um, and also, and just the casual incest. You know what? We need to kill your boyfriend because you're mine now. And why, but it, we just can keep asking questions. <laughs> we could just finish the show with this story. Why in the world did they drive to Virginia? Did they just think that they're less, you know, uh, uh, they have a, no attention span in Virginia? They're going to pay he less. Was, he was a sex offender known to his local judiciary and court system. I would he was still her father. In Virginia, they don't know that. Because she has a different name. Right. But even if they don't, like. The point being, down at his local Justice of the Peace in Duns, what was it? Dun, Dusty, Wind Dusty, what was this, their town called? I feel like everybody knows everybody, and they thought, we'll go over there. Nobody knows. Well, I've got anxiety now. Move on. Let's move on. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was just, I don't know. I just laughed. I was like, nope. It's not really even about LGBTQ people, but it, I just needed to hear you tell that story, and I'm really grateful for it. You are so welcome and thank you for letting me because I mean, I have to tell you when you sent it to me this morning, my jaw just dropped as I was reading it. I go, this cannot be for real. Yeah, here's the answer. Jig says after death, dehydration causes the skin and other soft tissues to shrink. This occurs while the hair and nails remain the same length. So they appear longer, they don't grow. I'm a little worried that you know that information, Jigs. Well, I feel like he's got the Google, you said Google it. Okay. The um, all right, just in fun. All right, we'll move on from the meth marriage, incest, murder, extravaganza. I hope Taryn Manning is in the movie. <laughs> she would she's be perfect. perfect. She'd be perfect for Amanda. She's one, my, just one of my favorite in that. I category. love her so much. In fun representation news, the CW's announced a spinoff series from their Nancy Drew series called Tom Swift. The character originally appeared in six sci-fi mystery novels from the creator of Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys, and it will be reimagined as a gay man and played in this new series by out actor Tian Richards. 
in a more sci-fi supernatural oriented series, kind of like the X-Files. So Richards will guest this year S. Swift on Nancy Drew. They'll work together and then launch his spinoff. He's appeared in The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, Dumplin' and Burden. So exciting. Out gay, out LGBTQ black man playing an out gay character as the lead on the CW show. So exciting representation news. Yes, absolutely is. All right. Now, I don't know how many of you, like I did, watch the Anderson Cooper special the other night on QAnon, uh, but it was fascinating. And it, it, you can still, it's still like in rotation on CNN, but uh, ex-QAnon cult member sat down with Anderson Cooper. This was Saturday night. And let's just play that video. Roll that tape, would you, Emerson? I sure will. Thank you. I believe that Democrat, high-level Democrats and celebrities were worshiping Satan, drinking the blood of children. Anderson, I thought you did that. And I would like to apologize for that right now. So I apologize for thinking that you ate babies. Uh okay. I apologize for thinking that you ate babies. Yes, and drank blood. He, he I, I watched it and he, he did believe it. And, you know, he's, he sees the light now as some of them are, but not all of them. He said, I just didn't believe it. I at one stage believed that QAnon was part of a military intelligence, which is what he says. But on top of that, that the people behind him are actually a group of fifth dimensional, interdimensional, extraterrestrial, bipedal bird aliens called blue aliens. How do you say it? Avians. Oh, avians. I, I saw a Y on my sheet. I'm so sorry. that the, the red squiggle made it look wrong. Anyway, I was so far down this rabbit hole and a black hole that I essentially picking and choosing whatever narrative I wanted to believe in. And what was really interesting about this, uh, this did you watch it, Emerson? I did not. It was really interesting because so many of the things, you know, that they get from Q when they did not come true, then they would justify why they didn't come true and then like up the ante, like, oh, but this is now going to happen. So, you know, right now, uh, many of them believe that I think it's March the 12th that uh, Trump will be returned to power. And they have made him like this mega god, this demigod. And it's it's insane. But I love that behind it all is blue avians, extraterrestrial, interdimensional, bipedal, blue birds your daughter is here and says oh don't get me started on QAnon. i know way too much oh she does she does she sends me shit all the time um well and rob even says my dad believes the lies about democratic my dad is a q follower i can't get into like i i enjoy like the carry and people who have fallen as far down the rabbit hole like watching the QAnon people because like i I keep, I keep not because I'll do the same. I'll be like, oh, now I need to read everything that he ever wrote on the internet back when they were like, it's some high level military person. Uh, but as Zana says, classic cult conditioning. And yeah. there's humor to it, but also a truly terrifying aspect. Watching this reasonable looking, sounding and seeming man say, I recently believe that you, Anderson Cooper of Vanderbilt ate babies. I just believed that. Like I walked out to get to the newspaper and thought Anderson Cooper eats babies. And then, you know, went back inside. Like that is a real thought held in real people's heads. 
and not people like the last story, people that are seem quite reasonable like this gentleman. Yeah, it's what's really also kind of crazy is a lot of these things, uh, you know, I don't rem remember that flight log that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was uncovered or something. And it was it was posted on Q, Q posted it and then literally was being reported in mainstream news. So it's also, you know, the problem with all conspiracy theories, right, is that there will be moments or kernels of truth to something that is what people always point back to. Like they were right about this one thing and use that as the therefore everything else is correct. And that is how we end up bringing it all the way back with Marjorie Taylor Greene in Congress, somebody who believed and believes these things. And when you divorce any factual reality from the conversation, our big cultural crisis, as much as it's extreme one direction or the other, is really about losing a shared reality of facts, like basic tenants of information and who is, who is trustworthy and who isn't to receive information from. Once you decide you can't believe anything anybody in the real media says, mainstream media says, there's no way to change that person's mind. That's right. So Lord, it's dark, but also I just imagine Anderson Cooper sitting there. Um, I'm sorry that I believed you ate babies. What do you do with that? Like, what do you do with that? You know, he wants to say, I'm a Vanderbilt bitch. I don't need this. Shit. You know what? You're forgiven. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. All right. Well, and similarly, um, it news in China, they've started using a new kind of test for high risk people for COVID. They're using anal swabs. Officials took anal swabs from residents of neighborhoods with confirmed COVID cases in Beijing last week. Uh, while those in designated quarantine facilities have also had them. A senior doctor at Beijing's Yuan Hospital, Li Tongzheng, says the anal swab methods can increase the detection rate of infected people as traces of the virus linger longer in the anus than in the respiratory tract. I don't see those catching on as the I, preferred I, method. Is it wrong that I had a vision of drive-through uh, Drive through anal swabs. What do you do? Just hang your asshole out the window and let them <laughs> stick it in? We're going to give you a minute. Just going to give you a minute. <laughs> you know, in the like, in when you get the full panel of like STD stuff done, you know, it's like you pee in the cup, they take your blood. And then they also do that anal swab, you know, where it's that really long Q tip and you swirl it a little bit and then you stick it in the thing and break it off. Have you ever yeah. had that? Done? I, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, know that I, just, I, I mean, I wasn't there with you. so I was, I was a big slut. So, of course, yeah. I've had those things. Also, you know, right now, that, that one doesn't feel good because it's just a dry Q-tip, basically. But, you know, if they could make it slightly comfortable, I can think some people might be vol volunteering just for the, you know, physical attention. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, let's go. I, a great clap back by Kathy Griffin this week on Twitter. Uh, right after the Capitol invasion, Kathy Griffin said, fuck it. I'm just going to tweet that image that got her in so much trouble, got her on those uh, no fly list and, and got her basically canceled uh, where, you know, she was holding Donald Trump's bloody head or, you know, ketchup head. Uh, so, she, she, she tweeted it with the, the, it said, just resign now, you lost, it's over. So Danielle McCarty, who goes as muscle mommy fit and fit Patreon mom online responded saying, the despicable Kathy Griffin is at it again. Kathy then retweeted a screenshot of McCarty 
McCarthy's tweet with the message, oh, you shouldn't have tagged me. You were there on January 6th. You pulled out your, you pulled your video, but I found it. Looks like you're a domestic terrorist. And now we all know it at Muscle Mommy Fit. Here's what happened. Someone sent Kathy that archived video that she had pulled down because of course she didn't want to get arrested. It was on Parler and she's in her, there you, you have it. She's in a red Trump hat at the Capitol. And, and in it, she said, we got tear gassed when we were in the middle of prayer. Uh, we weren't even trying to rush the cops. So Kathy shared that screenshot of the video and said, hi, Danielle. What's that you called me again? Oh, yes, uh, the despicable Kathy Griffin. Well, the FBI now has this video as well as the other ones you're featured in. Then Kathy retweeted the images from McCarthy's now private Instagram account where her bio states that she is a patriotic, patriotic woman, a lover of Jesus, America, family, and truth. Oh, Danielle, she... <laughs> <laughs> I bet she's she's she regrets the day that she fucked with Kathy Griffin. I was about to say that would be terrifying to me. Uh-uh. No, that's not someone I want to mess with. No, not in any way, shape, or form at any time. It's like when I first started going to gay bars as a closeted boy from Baylor on 18 and up night, and I'd go see the drag show and I'd hide in the back of the room because I didn't want that queen with the microphone to notice me and say something. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Kathy's got a microphone at all times everywhere. Donna Day. You did not want Donna Day to take out her teeth and call you out. Well, once she took out her teeth, it was fine because she knew she was drunk. It's before that. It was dangerous. Mm -hmm. she... Oh, but also, I mean, it is interesting. What One of those women that was at the Capitol, that one Jen, I believe, from Midland, asked the judge yesterday or today, I believe, could she, uh, go, could she get time off from the process of the court case because she had pre-planned a trip with her employees to Mexico for February 18th through 21st. I said, ma'am, I don't think you're taking this seriously enough. Well, obviously. I'm really interested to see uh, the, what what's going to happen with sentencing and yeah. when they start that. Yes, absolutely. And, and probably some of the first ones will sort of show us what's going to happen with the rest as they go along. Um, but also, and relatedly, that, did you see any of uh, Alexandra Orcasio-Ortez's Instagram Live last night where she talked about yeah. in detail her experience, what she felt hiding in Katie Porter's office, that what that experience was like and the trauma from her own past that she brought up that it uh, actually triggered. And really hearing that from our officials, I hope that that is also impactful uh, when it comes to how people are charged and sentenced because, you know, that the nobody was shot, you know, nothing, you know, the so many of them who treated it like a party, but the psychological impact it had on the people who didn't know what was going to happen to them. Well, does no one was shocked. A policeman was blunted to death with a fire extinguisher. I mean, come on. I loved Katie Porter so much after hearing that story, how she goes, come in here. I've got coffee. I've got snacks. I mean, just, you know, I'm a mom. And she just really put on her mom hat and, and brought in Alexandria. It was a very sweet story. And a great reminder that we, of course, we all handle crisis differently. Um, and so, so a story out of Oklahoma that's genuinely sad. Chloe, an eight-year-old former student at Rejoice Christian Schools in Owasa, Oklahoma, near Tulsa. The reason she is a former student, she told a fellow classmate, a fellow eight-year-old, that she had feelings for her. 
Then the vice principal called her in for a meeting to lecture her about how the Bible forbids same-sex relationships to this eight-year-old. After the meeting, her mother, Delaney Shelton, picked her up. The VP asked the mother what she thought about girls liking girls. Well, the VP was shocked and appalled when the mother replied, if we're being honest, I think it's okay. Delaney, the mother said, my daughter was crying, saying, does God still love me? And the next day she got a call saying that Chloe and her five-year-old brother were no longer welcome as students. Chloe said she felt really sad and betrayed and kind of angry, but also she feels so loved and supported. Thank you so much to everyone who helped me feel better for being who I am. An eight-year-old saying she has a crush on a fellow student. Whether she grows up to be a member of our community or not, this school said this eight-year-old cannot go to our school because of the same-sex impulse. I mean, I feel like I had a crush on a tree, my lifeguard, somebody that worked in my daycare, like eight-year-olds. Well, you know, I, I, I you know, reading this story this morning, when you sent it to me, it reminded me, and you know that story, I put it on my Instagram today. I told the story about when uh, Caroline, my daughter, who is in the room right now, listening, she was, you know, she decided she was a lesbian after she so sorted lives and Ty came out and she told everybody, I'm a lesbian. And then a few months later, she, got a crush on Xavier and and was very upset that she had to tell me that she was no longer a lesbian. And uh, I had to have that talk because my ex-wife said, you got to talk to her. And I said, Caroline, I will love you no matter if you're straight or gay. So then she was she was straight again and and she just got engaged. So there you go. A sweet and I love that because it is also a great reminder that children become the people you teach them to be. You know, she knew it was okay in your household. So okay that she was worried if, if she wasn't. And whether this sweet uh, girl, Chloe, grows up to ha continue to have same-sex attractions or not, it's lovely to know that her mother is going to support her regardless. Well, and you know, at that age, a lot of girls don't like boys. Uh, right. So, you know, it's so silly. It's so silly. Um, oh, is it me? It's me. Uh -huh. I can't believe it. It's a, the, the, the title about a blowjob. I got so wrapped up in, in that story. Uh, in uh, Bratislava, the capital of Slovakia, a thief burst into a gas station. This is a crazy story. Demanded cash from the scared attendant. He then uh, punched a male staff member in the face and took the money from the till. Now, the employee fled to the office where a co-worker was before escaping out the back door to a call the police. The thief followed and demanded more cash from the safe when the 36-year-old female co-worker decided to stop him with what was described as an unusual method. She gave him a blowjob. Um, so when the police arrived, the pair were lying half naked on the ground. And after a brief struggle, the suspect was arrested. You know, the only thing I can assume from this story, this thief was hot. That's what I thought. I said, oh, my God. Because there is no job I have ever worked where if someone tried to steal stuff from it, my thought would be, you know what I could do? Blow you till the police get here. It's like Billy Joe in Sorted Wedding, the character you play. He walked yeah, in there I, with that gun in that convenience store. Because let's drill down. If this is an hourly wage employee, you're not doing shit to stop somebody from stealing. In fact, in a lot of places they are taught, give them whatever they want, let them leave. That's what insurance is for. It's what Save your life. For. Do not be a hero. So, I, Or maybe she's the owner or related to the owner and felt it was important. But if not, he was just hot and she'd had a lot of time at home in the pandemic and said, 
I'm going to get some while we wait. But you know what also is kind of unusual about this? I'm not sure that if I had the adrenaline and a gun in my mouth, I mean, in my mouth, in my, a gun in my hand, and I'm robbing this store, give me your gun, give me your that, And then she goes, let me blow you. I'm not sure I could get hard. Well, I know, but I looked, I couldn't find where it said for certain that he had a gun. So I don't even know what he was threatening, what it was threatening with. He had yeah. a butter knife. He had a butter knife. And also like, yeah, did he just lay it down? And also, why did she need to get undressed to give the blow job? It said they were both half naked. Like, I there, need to know the scene that happened in the office. And there's, there's as usual, Emerson, there's more, to, there's more blanks to be filled in. Yes. And also, and what did he think? I mean, how hot is this employee also that he thought, you know what? I'm not going to get away with this money. I'm going to get some head before I go. Yeah. That, I mean, she must have some DSLs or something. I mean, what was the pitch? Hey, before you run out of here with the rolls of quarters we keep at the gas station, you want to. I'm seeing um, Parker Posey from Waiting for Guffman. That, I'm seeing right. that, that she's the one who. Uh, we do the cones, put stuff on them, and then we oh. give the blowjobs to the thieves. <laughs> all right. And then one final delightful silly. You know, we've all been at home in pandemic doing Zooms and making mistakes. And BBC in Wales, uh, this woman, Yvette Amos, appeared on the BBC in Wales to talk about unemployment and the pandemic. But please look closely right here. That is a dildo strong on her shelf next to a sign that says, think happy things. <laughs> I understand why Yvette is thinking happy things. A lot of people said, oh, my God, is she so embarrassed? I don't think that was an accident. You don't keep your dildos on the top shelf unless you're showing them off with pride for people to stop by. It's not that convenient. I should have I, I should have decorated my set today with that blue dildo bracelet holder. That's the thing. Like that's pride of place. Like not in stand table, maybe coffee table next to the couch if you haven't gotten off it in a couple of months. But up on the top shelf, that's not an accident. She knew. Good for you, Yvette. Yeah, funny. Funny, funny. Oh, all right, y'all. Well, one more time before we go. If you enjoy the show and you want to send us a tip in gratitude, you sure can, and we'll be grateful for it. On Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to Beard Collins Shores Productions at gmail.com. We've got a minute and a half left or so. Is everybody good? Everybody Tuesday okay? You know, we're <laughs> cranking along through this week, I guess. Yeah, we got we're getting through it. You go. I don't know about uh, you, Emerson, but I'm good until about after this. Then I'll sink a little bit. Uh huh. So that's our time that Blake and I have to fill stuff. We put on our ASMR videos. Y'all can see them on my Instagram. We change the location. We change the music while we make the dinner. And then Sissy and I just cuddle. We just cuddle because she 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 said I need to get out too. Um, and it remind one, Leslie said back about that gas station. I hope she gets employee of the month. I agree. I agree. For several months, at least. Like she at least get a plaque, not one of those sad plastic ones like that's a printout from the computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm glad she got to go to work, you know? It's like yes, I mean, I hope they gave her a day off and some mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you on Friday. We are incredibly grateful that you show up uh, to do this. It is one of my favorite parts of the week. It's my way to engage with y'all in the world and the things we think are important and silly to talk about. Take care of yourself. Be kind to each other. Do what you can and take a break when you need to. Yes. Yeah.